Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and I want to talk with you about why it's important to get your child's reading list from school. So this is for all my writer friends out there that have kids, and we're about to embark in this new school year. So if you catch this podcast later, never fear. Email the teacher, because I'm challenging you to do it today, okay? So if school hasn't started yet and you've got parent teacher open house coming up don't just grab the syllabus and go if you have to work and you're not able to attend the meeting try to either skype the teacher or email the teacher ask the teacher for the list of novels and books and reading materials and units that they're going to be giving to your child for the semester or the school year Now, understand that the teachers may not have long-range plans at this time. Like for me, I plan out for nine weeks in advance. But not all teachers are um, as, you know, diligent as I am about that. Because even if I do have my nine weeks planned, if there's a piece of, like, um, literature that I want to add into that, then I always give my kids... um, the sample copy, the PDF, or the links on my Google Classroom, and my parents are invited to my Google Classroom, so then it sends it to them, okay? Um, But if they don't have the list prepared right now, so what can you say? The first one is to hold your child accountable for sharing the new books or articles that they're given. Two, you can periodically email the teacher requesting the book list as they continue to plan and adapt to meet the needs and interests of the class. Because book lists can change when teachers get new recommendations at a workshop or from a teacher friend or from a grade level chair, or students may show it's just increase in engagement on a certain topic, so a teacher may grab a new book or some new material. So emailing the teacher is a great way to keep in the reading loop, and it's also a great way for you just to check in on your child other than just looking at, you know, power schools daily. Um, doing the weekly or um, every two-week email, trust me, we love it. Now, the reason why I made a a podcast about this is because many of us are avid readers anyway. Like how many of us, you know, have a stack? We have a list already that we know that we want to get to. You should see my book reads, um, my book reads, my good reads book list. It's crazy. So how about this year? Add all of your kids' books to your good reads want to read list or to your Amazon wish list, or um, however you go about getting your books. Now, I challenge you today to either take one semester, if your kid is in high school or middle, or one school year, and you try this out for the entire time that your child is in English. Now, next year... I'll give you some leeway. You can change your plans if you disagree with me. You can call me a foolish old woman that loves literacy a little too much. Or you can send me a thank you email. Either way, the challenge is on. So if now your questions are, well, how can I do it and why should I do it? I'm going to talk with you what through seven things that I want you to keep in mind. First, your child needs to see you reading their text. Not just our text. I mean, it's great that we're reading in front of them all the time. Like, they see me with the Bible app. They see me with the Bible. They see me with my materials for school, for work, for everything. 
But when they see us holding their books, we're supporting their education and their learning. It's a clear sign that you're going to be involved this school year to promote their literacy development. And your child might think you're a little crazy too, and that's okay. Get this reputation. This crazy parent that reads children's literature, middle grades, or young adult. Hey, that's okay. Join my club because that's the only genres of preference, the genres of preference that I have anyway. I mean, that's honestly all I really like to read. Number two, your teacher will see your enthusiasm for parent-teacher collaboration, and they will love it. Trust me. So if you know, reach out to the teacher and say, oh, I'm reading such and such book. If you need a volunteer, if you can do these things, let me know um, if you're having a movie viewing or if you would like for me to Skype in during my lunch break. I can talk with the kids about what's going on and what I think about the book and ask the kids questions. Video chatting is a great platform that you can use if you can't get out to the school. And your child might be embarrassed, but they're secretly smiling in the depths of their soul. And I'm not exaggerating. Number three, you will gain such valuable family time with your child, even if it's 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes away from the screen is an easy sacrifice. Now, unless the book is on the screen. You know, giving up 20 minutes of phone or binge TV watching or our YouTube videos for a snuggle with a book can be your time just to chill with your kid. Putting reading as a family priority will have lasting benefits. And sometimes I used to say, well, let's just read our own book at night. I shouldn't have done that. I should have read their book at night and reiterated what was going on so that way their comprehension, you know, the reread is important. You know, there's research out there that even says like three times reading is important. So trust me, you won't overdo it. All right, number four, you will love it. Well, maybe not all of it because we have to admit that sometimes books might be a little boring if they don't match our preferences. But you will teach your child that sometimes it's okay to push through a book and learn something in the process. And maybe all you learned is that you didn't like that style, and then you can critique it. That's okay. If a teacher assigns it, there was some purpose behind it, hopefully. So just go with it and stay as positive as you can, and there is always something to learn. Number five, you can help support your child when they may need clarification. Now, I see this all the time in the public schools. Kids are in large classes. They will not raise their hands to ask a simple comprehension question or share when they don't understand something. And then I can go by their desk, and I can ask them a question in a very low tone, and they will give me that deer-in-the-headlights look, and then they'll ask me. But they won't ask the whole group. They won't ask a partner, not often. So they'll sit through class, they'll gloss over it, or just paraphrase what someone else said in the room and get through the class period. They can surface skim and often lose steam to dig through it. So if you know that you're reading the book and they see you reading the book, they know that they can ask you when they get home. They can talk to you about it. Then they can help. That can build up their confidence. Then they can ask their teacher about it. They can go during tutorials after class. Or begin to start feeling that it's okay to ask these questions, especially if they see you asking questions about the book. Then they could, like, build up their courage. 
I would like for us to read a Bible verse together. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. Dear Heavenly Father, help us, Lord, as we start this new school year. We put our trust in teachers, in schools, to educate our children, Lord. We know that we love books. We are so passionate about writing and reading and literacy. Help our children, God, to see our love and to share in it with us. And if they are different from us, God, and if they are reluctant readers, Lord, I ask you to help me find ways to build their confidence up, to engage them in text, and to spend time with them on their reading this year. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So write something inspiring today and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. Have a blessed day.